you put your attention to where you need, you're needed most. You're needed everywhere all the time, but like wherever the priority is. And then I think that happens between the two of us. Well, it's also, you know, when opportunity is there, like you either take it or you don't. I tend to try and always take it. That's Josh and Liza Shirazi. I'm Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Guys, I am so excited that you are my guest today on the Powerful Ladies Podcast. I have been trying to get you guys on this podcast together, individually, since day one. So we are beyond episode 200. So it has taken me 200 requests, essentially, (laughs) to get you guys here. And you're two of my favorite humans. Um, So please introduce yourselves. Let's start with Josh and um, tell us who you are, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. Uh, my name is Josh Shirazi, um, and I guess in full transparency, Kara, you and I go back a long way, um, over 20 years, I think at this point, right? Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yes. And, um, uh, I am, uh, currently in my office in Boston. Um, and, um, yeah, you've been asking us for a really long time and I'm sure we'll get into, uh, why it's. It's been so difficult to coordinate this, but you did it. You did it. Um, And uh, I guess I'm here uh, not only because you asked us, but um, I definitely have uh, a lot of powerful ladies in my life, including uh, the other person on this uh, Zoom call, my wife, Liza. So, um, I mean, I'm happy to... um, discuss as much or as little, but I, I, I kind of feel like um, you guys should drive this car, right? Well, I think, you know, technically I have you guys on because I often have power couples. because I think it's a really interesting dynamic. And once in a while, I do have powerful gentlemen. So um, this is an okay. all-inclusive podcast. Um, <laughs> but before we move on to Liza, what, what are your businesses? You're an entrepreneur. What are your businesses and oh, what yeah. industry are you in? Uh, I own a food distribution company. Um, that has been what I've done pretty much since I got out of school. Um, and that's been my main focus for a really long time. Um, uh, along with that, um, there's some property ownership, um, because, um, uh, we have a warehouse and, um, some other, um, properties in the warehouse that we rent. Um, so there's that portion of it. And just recently, um, somewhat recently, it's been a few years now, uh, myself and a, another food distributor and some other partners founded a, a grocery home delivery business uh, in the Boston area as well, um, which is uh, totally new to me um, because it's a, a different, it's a different style of, um, of uh, business or business plan because um, where we got some funding for it. Um, and, and I've learned when you get funding, um, priorities and goals and all that kind of stuff are completely different than when you're just kind of an owner operated family business. So those are, I think those are the three things that I'm doing right now, right? Lies, am I forgetting something? That's it, right? (laughs) I think think that's it. (laughs) And it's called Shirazi Distributing, correct? Shirazi Distributing is, yep. The, uh the main business, if you will. Um, Shirazi Holdings owns the property and Morrissey Market is the grocery home delivery business. Perfect. Okay. So if people want to support you, they know how to find you. Yes. 
Yes. All right. And then moving on to your better half, Liza, who are you, where are you, and what are you up to? All right. Um, I'm currently in Cambridge, right down the river from Josh, pretty much. Um, we do start and end our days in the same places, but throughout the day, we often are in different locations. Um, yeah. So I own a handful of cafes in the Boston area and food service provider. We do a lot of catering as well. Um, started off with um, my first cafe, which is how we met um, in 2008, opened in Harvard Square at Crema Cafe. And Josh was better known as the milkman, um, was was making our deliveries, I think, maybe not according to how their their business normally operated, but he was making some special visits and we met um, and we were married. And so we were in Harvard Square for 10 years. And then I, six months prior to Crema closing, opened up another cafe business with a new partner, which is called Revival Cafe and Kitchen. And we're in Alewife, which is Cambridge. Um, Davis, Somerville, and then Newbury Street in Boston, and then have a couple different things in the works that are um, some other things that are not open to the public, um, some private accounts and catering and some new things on the horizon. And personally, I guess it's kind of personally and professionally, I'm um, just finishing up a certification to be an integrative health coach. So I'm kind of hoping to fuse my passion for food and wellness and health together into something that I'm not sure what's going to be um, in the coming weeks, months, and years. So, when for someone who loves food so much, and both of you do, right? You you met through not just loving food, but having your businesses and your lives fully integrated with food. Um, you guys are also parents to two amazing kids. You know, you guys have had an interesting food journey because how long have you been gluten-free? I drastically changed my diet in 2011. So 12 years. Yeah. And for someone who loves food, what was that process of being like, oh, I have to restrict what I'm making, even though I'm making all this amazing food at my restaurants and cafes and, you know, everyone talks about how great it is and you're like, and I can't eat it anymore. (laughs) Um, it's, it is challenging yet not as challenging as I think that I would have expected. Um, I do try to sample most everything because I like to know what we're putting out there and I am very proud of it still, even not eating it. Um, I, so it's, it's challenging because I think that it's hard to sell, sometimes hard to sell a product that is not necessarily in line with kind of your personal lifestyle. So that's been the most challenging, but that's kind of how I ended up where I am now and um, hope to kind of make some of those shifts. And I, it's, it's easier because it was for health reasons um, and just eating certain foods didn't make me feel good. And it was a really empowering journey for me to figure out how to feel my best. And so, um, you know, I'm not tempted quite as much by all of the deliciousness around me. The smells are sometimes often worse than um, just walking by it every day, but I know how my body reacts to it. So it's not even things that really kind of cross my mind anymore. It's like, I know what foods make me feel good. Um, and those are the ones that I crave and I want. Um, and some of which that we do sell. So we've kind of broadened our menu a bit. So, you know, there are, there's small, there's small handful of things that are my go-tos here. And hope to be a lot more. (laughs) Right? Um, For people who aren't familiar with Boston, I think it's just important to preface that, you know, Josh, when you first started this business and even still, like you're supporting so many 
businesses in the Boston area. You're up at the crack of dawn. You used to literally do deliveries. Now, of course, you're getting to manage that more. And I think that we forget as a society, like how many entrepreneurs and businesses are making things function every day. Um, similarly, it's, you know, no small feat to have a business on Newbury Street. Like it is the street of Boston. And so we're not, you know, everyone who's listening, we're not talking to like some, like, oh, I have a cute cafe and it's, you know, hidden somewhere. And sometimes we have business. It's like, no, like you guys are very successful entrepreneurs. And in addition to that, you're a very successful team. You know, part of why I've been wanting to have you guys on for so long is that you're both entrepreneurs. You both value family time so much. You are great parents. You know, is this always in the back of your mind? If we go back to eight-year-old Josh and Liza, are you thinking like, yes, I'm going to own my own business. Yes, it's going to be in food. Yes, I'm going to crush it in life. Like, were you guys thinking that? I can probably guess for Josh because I know what we were talking about 20 years ago most of the time. But, you know, um, Josh, what did eight-year-old you, what did you imagine your life would be like? And is it different than today? Uh, well, first of all, anytime I'm feeling shitty about myself, I'm just going to listen to the last two minutes of what came out <laughs> of your mouth. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I agree wholeheartedly with all of it, but... Success is a relative term, right? So, um, but anyways, um, eight year. So it's it's um, it's interesting because eight year old me, I always looked at what my father was doing, and um, at, at that time he owned a restaurant, and I remember always saying to him, you know, because he was tired and he worked a lot, and it's it's you know it's it's a grueling job. Um, and I remember saying to him, well, I'm going to work in an office all day. I'm not going to have to do any of that. And, uh, and then once I, I started working in this industry, um, I did get to a point where I could be in an office for a good portion of the day. And actually I am now. And, and it's the last place I kind of want to be, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like, be careful what you wish for because you might get it. And, um, uh, but, um, I, I, Eight-year-old me, I, I don't really know. Um, I, I think where I had my realization, maybe I'm skipping way too far ahead, but where I had my realization is actually when, when you and I were in school together and I had a lot of internships um, across many different spectrums. I, I, I thought I was going to be a lawyer at one point, so I worked in a corporate law office and then I, I worked um, at the district courthouse and then um, I thought it was going to be in finance, though so I worked in corporate finance, all these internships. And, and I kind of just realized that I knew I couldn't work for anybody else. Um, I, didn't really, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but it, that, that was the end result of all of that. And that was kind of my aha moment, which was there's no way I can, I, I mean, never say never. I'm, you know, I'm 42, so I could work for somebody else at some point in my life. But but that was kind of my aha moment. So eight-year-old, I don't really know. I was pretty independent, um, I think, uh, for better or worse. Um, but but it wasn't until college and kind of learning what I didn't want to do that I, I had that moment. Mm -hmm. And and we're so old that we were, I think, the first and second classes that were having like entrepreneurial MBA programs. Like they didn't exist before. Like I don't even think that. No, I don't think that was an option for I, I. The first entrepreneurship class, I think, was when I was in grad school there. And then and then after that, I think they came up with like the whole program. But 
it wasn't. And and the other thing too, I remember thinking, and 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 I still wholeheartedly believe this. I don't know if it's changed, but all of the entrepreneurship stuff was all this this big, big, big like the next you know Amazon or the next Google, or the, and and it didn't. It, it had nothing to do with well, open up a cafe or open up a brick and mortar store, and and you know the 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 small businesses that really do drive everything that, that most people work at or found or, you know, um, what I do. Uh, so, so no, we didn't, it was a long time ago and we didn't have that educational experience. And I'm sure it's there now, but at the time it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Liza, what about you? Was eight-year-old you dreaming of cafes and, and being (laughs) a mom and having this, you know, power couple relationship? No, I mean, I, I think that, I think I always wanted to be a mom. I knew that somehow I, I always loved uh, babies. Um, but I, not until after college, even anticipated being in the restaurant business, owning business, being an entrepreneur. Um, if I had envisioned what I was doing, it would be, you know, I think when I, that long ago, I was probably thinking about being a teacher or a doctor. Um, but yeah. Um, but I was deaf. I was more kind of on the social work path, um, I would say, and I'm kind of hopefully kind of merging back into a little bit of that path, um, slowly, but, um, I, you know, I do have a passion for that type of work, but you know, no, I I mean, I'm, I still am surprised sometimes when I wake up every morning that I am where I am. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think what was so fascinating about your first cafe is that you and a best friend started it. Mm-hmm. And you were relatively young when you started this cafe. So how old were you when you opened that cafe? And like, how did it work where, you know, two girls were able to just like, yeah, we're going to start a cafe in Harvard Square. No big deal. No big right. deal. You well, know, the riskiest business on the planet. <laughs> that's a great question. I have to say, I was thinking about this, um, I don't know when recently, but I was 24 years old at the time. So we were just recently out of um, college, had been kind of trying out a few other jobs in the meantime and thinking about what next, what was going to be next, whether it be grad school or maybe some internship abroad. Um, I had a bunch of different internships. And then when we got a little bit more serious about thinking about this option, um, we, I started working in cafes in the Boston area. Um, but I feel very privileged to say this because there's a lot of gratitude behind being able to do what we did. And we were very lucky to be in the position we were, but the I felt like the universe kind of like was bringing this to us and we were very close. There were many times in the, um, you know, timeline leading up to opening that we made firm commitments not to open the cafe because of our relationship. We were, we were so close as friends and we knew that partnerships, even at 24, we didn't know anything, but like we knew it could be challenging. And so weren't really, weren't willing to risk that, but it just kind of kept pounding at the door. And if we finally was like, you know, we have to do this. Um, the, uh, my, my friend's father was in the food industry um, he owned a restaurant in Harvard Square. So that's really where the main connection came from and had a relationship with landlords um, in Harvard Square. And it was kind of, he was asked to open something and, you know, he looked to his daughter to be like, oh, you know, what are some, what are some good ideas? And said, oh, we should, you know, you should open an independent cafe. We, we studied primarily, we both went to University of Michigan and we love studying in cafes and just in like that busy environment. And the culture was just wonderful. And we traveled abroad together and loved food. And we just felt like all communities just 
just needed something like that in Harvard Square. Had had a few on the outskirts, but we're primarily like in the center of the square, all changed chains. And it was just such a unique place, especially with the university and, you know, everything that was going on there that we felt like that was missing. So when we, so that was suggested and um, it was finally like, well, why don't, why don't you two do it? And we're like, what? So, and, <laughs> oh, you know, it took a little time, but it then eventually um, it happened and yeah. Well, I feel better now knowing that if I hadn't gone to Clark where I met Josh, I would have met you because Michigan was my second option. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold back. I'm going to refrain my comments about that because I know where that will lead. Um, You had a great college experience. I'm sure you would have had a wonderful one at Michigan as well. Yeah. (laughs) Leave it at that. I just keep thinking like, you know, I could have met, I, you know, happened to meet Josh at Clark and all my other friends, or I could have gone to Michigan and maybe have been married to Tom Brady. No big deal. I think there was a little bit of right. an age gap there, but maybe, maybe I don't know. Was Not there? him and I so much. No? Well, no, I think he would have been like a senior and I was a freshman. We both would have been college athletes. There were lots right. of options, but I'm not proud of the choices he's been making lately. So I think it's all working yeah. out in my favor. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think you, I think that you, uh, yeah, steered away from that. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys met, was part of the attraction that you both had businesses and both understood what it was to be an entrepreneur because, you know, I love you guys as humans and, and getting to spend time together. But I think what makes it the cherry on top is that we always are nerding out about business things. Like it doesn't, we're never like, oh, we should stop talking about business. It's like, oh, let's talk about more ideas and this. It's like the whole thing. I feel like I don't need to withhold all the things running through my head and all the the thoughts and how do we fix this and let's talk about it. Like all that's available when I'm hanging out with you guys, which I really appreciate. Do you guys have to, was that attractive when you guys met and and part of the falling in love process? Or do you guys now need to be like, maybe we don't talk about business all the time. Like how has that evolved and how did it, how was it when you guys first met? I think, well, kind of along those lines, it, it, it was much more simple than that, which was, uh, she was finally somebody that understood my schedule, which was extraordinarily hard to find. Um, so I was 27 when we met. Um, so just even dating before that, people would say, you're going to go grab a drink at nine o'clock at night or something like that. And you know, my mornings at that time started like between three and three 30. So, you know, nine o'clock at night was not an option. And when we met, um, she was doing, I don't, you weren't doing the overnight bake, but you were, you were getting in super early as well. So basically we had the same schedule and we understood that. I remember that for like, just simply that being, um, it just, it just made getting to know each other feasible or, or like understanding it. We, we had the same appreciation for each other's schedule, I think. Um, so that, that for me was a a really, really big thing. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, when you, you know, as I got to know lies, you know, you just, you, you, it's, it's intelligence, it's entrepreneurship, it's, you know, um, it, it, that, that period of time, I just remember everything kind of like she said with crema, the universe was kind of pulling them towards it. Like I, I kind of felt like the universe was pulling us towards each other at that time. It was real easy. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, uh, personality, intelligence, um, 
desire to to create, you know, that was a big thing. Um, so yeah. And just before we move on and I get your answer, Liza, I just want to preface that like it wasn't you didn't fall in love with her because the schedule worked. You were like, oh, she's awesome, she's beautiful, she's smart, <laughs> and we actually can hang out because we have the same schedule, right? <laughs> but I couldn't find out any of that stuff unless yeah. our schedules worked. That that's what I, that that was the point of that. Yes. Yes. I'm just yes. I I know that you yes. are more romantic than our schedules work. So I'm just giving you that space to correct this. Thank, thank, in the thank podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't take, offense. Not I don't take we... offense to that. And I hopefully you won't take offense to what I'm going to say either, because I really wasn't thinking at that point in time. I mean, we, I was like, you know, deep into just like figuring out what the hell I was doing because I was 24 with no business experience and just opened a, just opened a cafe in Harvard Square and people liked it and were coming and it was busy. And so it was, wasn't really sleeping. Um, so I think it, you know, it was, there that he got it like he understood that you know my he may not have been the priority and he was just going to kind of show up and be around so like not things would naturally happen but um you know my that, mind that happens when you have kids too by the way what you don't that? become the priority and you just kind of naturally have to be around <laughs> but, but it's very yes, similar <laughs> but looking back on it yes like he did understand and there's many aspects you know early in our relationship that i remember very fondly and I felt so badly, but, you know, I remember one night I, we were leaving the cafe and, you know, it was like 1130 at night and I think I was going to be back there at 5am and, you know, Josh came and, you know, he brought beer and helped us close. And first of all, our staff was like, why, why is the milkman here? Why, why is he coming and bringing us beer? But it was, you know, graciously giving us a ride home. I don't even, we weren't together at this point. I think that, you know, it was just becoming obvious about of the intentions of these visits. Um, and everyone was kind of saying, you know, he's interested. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 he's just a vendor. Um, but at that point, at that night, maybe it became clear. Um, but his car broke down at 1130 at night in the back of on Church Street behind Crema. And he called us a cab and just like sent us home to go to bed. And like I felt so bad, but I was so tired that I was almost in tears that like we went home and went to bed and he got it. Like he knew that like we needed to get up and do the same thing again tomorrow. And, and that we, you know, that was, that was like a romantic act. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just um, think being gotten is, is the really romantic piece, right? Like when someone gets you, that to me anyway, that's like, it's such a relief. Like, oh my gosh, I don't need to explain this stuff. Like I don't need, we can talk shorthand. You just get it. Like, this is amazing. And like, so for someone to get your situation and then to also get you on top of that, um, that's love right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and now in terms of business and talking business, I think depending on where I speak, I can speak for myself, where my head is at. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to hear anything. I can't, I can't talk about my work day at all. I don't want to talk about business at all. I can't hear anything. I can't take anything else in when I'm a little bit like overwhelmed or kind of oversaturated. And other times, yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, what we're working on and what's going on. You know, it could be weeks though that I don't hear, you know, I don't even know what's going on at Morrissey. Sometimes I'm like, still going? What are you guys doing? Um, <laughs> so it, it kind of comes and goes depending on the stress of the rest of our our lives. And, you know, we also have two other, you know, beings at home that take up a lot of airtime air as well. So 
three technically. We don't get we, yeah. mm-hmm. Yes, three. three yes. <laughs> yeah. We technically, but, we, but, we don't actually talk that much <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Is that the real secret to this relationship? Like, we don't actually Maybe. have conversations. Maybe. <laughs> Potentially, so, yeah. So then that makes me ask you guys, like, how do you make it work? You both have very busy schedules. You both have schedules that are unique to other families. You don't have necessarily weekends off, right? You can because of how you're able to control your schedule. But if something goes wrong or something happens, like, it really is a 24-7 commitment to be thinking about. How do you make your businesses, your relationship, your family, the kids – how does that work? Or Do you guys have crazy schedules and planners? Do you have help? Do you – how are you making when, life work? <laughs> whenever we figure it out, we'll come back on the podcast and let you know. <laughs> But that is where like the common understanding does come into play, right? So like, you know, I, I was talking to somebody recently and it's like, there's really never an area, it's like you put your attention to where you need, you're needed most, like you're needed everywhere all the time, but like wherever the priority is. And then I think that happens between the two of us where it's like, if we talk through our schedule, it's like, okay, well, you know, who has what meetings at this time? And, you know, in terms of figuring out who's dropping off the kids. And at this point we do have a little bit of help, not substantial. We're just kind of, we're just juggling ourselves. Um, and you know, it's been even more challenging, you know, it's been, I shouldn't say more challenging. It's been more, um, entertaining lately with COVID and, and sicknesses and all that fun stuff. Um, but I think that that's where that kind of like common understanding of just like how we work and what it means to be an entrepreneur. And I mean, that's just been ingrained in now in our relationship for so long that, um, the talking there is necessary. (laughs) (laughs) When you guys think about the word powerful, what does it mean to you? Similarly, when you hear the word ladies, what does that mean to you? And does it shift? Like when you think about powerful ladies, powerful men, does it change the connotation of what power can be? I could talk for an hour about this, <laughs> but I'll try it. to summarize it in, <laughs> in less than that. But so the word power to me has changed a lot over, I would say the last, I don't know, three months. And I think that um, you know, we've been doing some trainings here at work and I've been kind of like diving a little bit into myself more too, in that I think power used to be very, in my mind, very critical. Like I thought of power as, you know, people who were controlling and people who kind of took power away from others and just like held it all themselves. Um, and I'm not sure where that, where that, you know, I think there's a lot of that in our society. Um, but I think I've been able to recently find, um, how we all hold our old, own power um, and how you utilize that power and how you utilize that to, you know, help others like gain their power and use their power in the ways in which that they can. Um, and so that's been something that I've been exploring a lot because it's interesting when you think about definitions and kind of identities. And I've been thinking about like my identity as, you know, I am an entrepreneur and an employer and I'm people's bosses, but like my vision of me and kind of my persona is so different than you know, I think so many other people and kind of making sense of what, how I identify with those labels. Um, and it was almost a sense of discomfort at times because I felt like there was this divide. And I'm, I think I'm coming in more to my own of kind of understanding how I can really utilize that in a really positive way. Um, because you're not going to change how other people see you, but you can change how you feel and kind of um, live and breathe in your own power. So so much more on that, but that's kind of, um, how the word power has taken on a lot new meaning and, and shifting over the last few months for me. And, and I'm exploring it a lot. 
for myself and then also those who we employ too. Um, so it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Josh, how about you? Do you feel powerful? What does it mean to you? Um, I mean, I think I feel powerful in certain contexts, right? In certain situations yeah. and, and other others. I, um, I mean, I, going back to our children, there are certain times where I not only feel, I know I am completely powerless, <laughs> um, <laughs> where, where they just, they're, they're, um, you know, parenting is challenging. It's very, very challenging. So, so, um, I, although with that being said, I, I think kind of going back to Liza and I, and, and how, you know, do we talk to, I, I think when there, when there are challenges, especially with children or even other things, when, when there's power in being a team, right. And, and being on the same page and, um, and, and having, you know, somebody get you and you get them. So I think there's, there's a lot of power in that. Um, I think it, it gives confidence. Um, uh, I think, so I, I, I think a lot of power comes from, from that. Um, and then, you know, but again, in different contexts, I mean, I think, I think kind of along the lines of what Liza said, I, I think, you know, power, feeling powerful is, is kind of an internal thing. Um, I mean, I don't think of being powerful as the literal meaning of, you know, how much can I pick up, right? <laughs> um, I think it's, it's, it's internally how strong do I feel with myself and, um, and, 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 you know, I think there's power in there's power in empowering others as well, right? So, um, you know, I, I think there's power in feeling good about yourself, and when you empower others, I think you feel good, or I feel good about myself. Um, I, I I do think you know going back to the first question, does powerful and lady or ladies does that have a different connotation? Um, I, I, I think it does. And this is, I understand this is coming from a, a male's perspective. Um, but I can be more difficult for women to feel powerful. Um, because I, I think, I think, um, I think they just have a more challenging go of it in certain situations. Um, and again, I, I think power comes with confidence or confidence comes with power, however you want to look at it. So, so when, when it's, it's more challenging to do something and you're, you're kind of, you've got more speed bumps ahead of you, you, you know, your confidence can take a hit. So it, it, it's, it's more difficult to feel powerful, I think. Um, but I, uh, as you know, I, and like I said earlier, I have, um, quite a few powerful ladies in my life. Uh, <laughs> So I've, I've seen them do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's good to see. It's nice yeah. to see. Yeah. And I've, I've got, uh, we've got a, a very powerful little girl at home as well, which, um, yeah, if, as long as we can harness that in the right way, <laughs> get her to adulthood yeah. so she can use that power, uh, for the positive. Well, I, I think it's so interesting when you see entrepreneurs like clustering, right? Like your sister's an entrepreneur, your dad was, you both are like 
a lot of people in your friend group are, uh, at least from those that I know. So do you, do you feel like you're, you're organically around other entrepreneurs? Are you seeking it out? Because you guys are so interesting to me as an entrepreneurial couple and entrepreneurs individually, because you are in like the humblest entrepreneurs I know. Like, you know, you were teasing yourself and I saw you last, Josh, that you were mad that the store by your house closed because you couldn't buy your like 10 t-shirts at once that you wear every day or the 10 polos that you wear every day. Because you're very much like, you're, you're both a very relaxed um, just humans in general. And you really bring that, I think, into your business. And there's a calmness about the two of you that I don't see in a lot of other entrepreneurs. And it may all be because you're exhausted. <laughs> so I'll, I'll put that out there. But there's a calmness to how you approach things where it's like, a, yep, things happen. And yep, it's crazy. And yep, we'll figure it out. Like, is are you aware of having that perspective and like being that those people or is that something that you are working more towards sounds like we put on a pretty good show for you last time you were at our house (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like there's no other choice right like Mm -hmm. you know i mean there are other choices but those aren't you know i don't think as are sustainable right it's like if you live in this kind of chaotic environment then like how can you continue doing what you're doing if you're always living in chaos and just that energy so i feel like of course there's choice but it's like that's kind of the way in which we get by and I think, you know, I do think, you know, going back to what you said about we are surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs. And I think a lot of it is interesting about the supportive networks around. And I think about, I think that it's a lot tied to confidence and confidence in yourselves or in really in yourself, but then also in your team of support around you. Um, I never, I mean, both myself and my brother are entrepreneurs and and my dad is now because he has his own, own private practice. But I never would have assumed, like, assumed that I was an entrepreneur or like, thought that I would do something. And both of my parents were always like so surprised that we both were. Like, how did this happen? And I, I attribute a lot to kind of them putting their confidence at us so that we really believe that we could make this stuff happen and that we weren't doubting ourselves so much. And because a lot of it is just believing in yourself that you can do it. Um, because you know, if, if you have that passion, really, you can, you can do it. You just, you just make it happen. Um, and I I don't mean to simplify it in that way, but I think a lot of it really just stems from that place of confidence. And I think that we have a lot of people either around us or in our our supportive circles that are engulfed by, by confidence who can kind of put confidence in them or feel it just within themselves. Mm Um, so you brought up something. Okay. I was just say very quickly, one difference, I think, between lies and I is that, um, so my, my dad is an entrepreneur, my, my mom as well. Um, but my dad's an immigrant and, and he, he's got a, that strong immigrant mentality and not just him, but my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. And, and it was, um, you know, there, there was, a, a there was a seed planted early that it's always better to work for yourself. Um, and I think it's that immigrant mentality. So I always had that in my head that, you know, if I could, I would, I think. Um, and, 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 and I didn't, and just even when I was in college, like, like I, we had said earlier, I, I did all these internships. It wasn't like something, oh, I'm going to do. But then once I realized that I wasn't fit to work for anybody else, 
it was kind of like, oh, well, this makes sense. You know, it kind of goes back to to maybe that, maybe when the seed was planted earlier. So, so there, there was always a, a, a seed of it's always better to work for yourself. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying that was the mentality of my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my dad. Um, so I had that for sure. Well, and um, there's a lot of people who come to me to help with their business and they're so distracted by like all the noise. There's so much advice out there right now of how to run your business and what you should do and what you could do. And are you 10 Xing? Are you, you know, 100 Xing? Like there's all this noise is how it occurs to me in the business space right now. And you mentioned something earlier, Josh, about that often entrepreneurship is talked about in these like big mega tech kind of side of the world when the majority of small businesses, the majority of entrepreneurs are not in that space. It's like everyday functioning things that, you know, society needs and are on a much more, you know, manageable might not be the right word, but it's, you don't need, you know, 50 employees, hundred employees. You don't need this big, big mega business to be an entrepreneur. Um, you know, how, how do you guys keep coming back to what I call the lemonade stands, like the basics of business and not get distracted by all that stuff? Is it just the velocity at which things are moving? You don't have a choice or do you really intentionally try to just keep it as simple as possible and focus on the essentials of cash flow and is it working and are customers happy? Can I jump in quickly, Laz, or do you want to? No, go for yeah. it. So, so I've actually got two perspectives on that. One is the Shirazi distributing side of things. Um, and, you know, somebody else in our industry um, said this to me a while ago, and it's so true. It's, it's we sell crayons, basically. The customer tells us how many and which color, and we bring them to them, right? And we charge them a price higher than what we paid for them. Right. Obviously, it's much more intricate than that. But that when it comes down to it, that's just what it is. And, you know, this is a small company. There's only 22 of us, I think, in, in, including myself. So, you know, how the company does, right, is is it, it's directly related to our, our personal pockets. Right. So you kind of have to ignore the noise and just say, okay, what, what works and what doesn't. And this is, this is simple, right? We, you know, we buy something and then we resell it. That's really all we do. Um, so from that perspective, it is pretty simple. It's, it's buy it cheap, sell it more, you know? Um, so I can always kind of fall back on that to a certain extent here on the Morrissey market side, because we, we do have some capital behind us. Um, we raise some money. The 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 goals are different, right? So the the goals are revenue, 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 so that you can raise again. So it's spend, 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 raise, 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 spend, 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 raise, raise, raise. And the goal is to continually get higher valuations, right? So that the people who invested in you are getting higher returns, whether it's real or on paper, right? So it is that 10x, that 100x, that, right? Um, now, I'm seeing it from a, a little bit from afar because once, once we got the company up and running, we hired a CEO and, um, and, and he's been a part of a few venture-backed companies in the past. So he's kind of taken it and run. So I'm just kind of watching. Um, I get to kind of look under the hood whenever I want. 
but I'm not doing it myself. And it's really just eye-opening and interesting for me. Um, it's actually been kind of um, uh, really mentally stimulating and invigorating, um, but it's not what I'm used to. So, um, uh, so, so I am seeing it from both ends for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of it is pretty, pretty simple if you can call it that, but I think there's elements that, you know, I think one aspect of our business and obviously, and of course for the last couple of years is just being really agile. And it's similar to what Josh was saying. It's kind of, you know, what are people looking for? Where's the market? You try something, people like it, and then you run with it or you try something and it doesn't work great and you try something else and you just needing to be able to flexible and kind of figure out what works and what is going to be profitable for you. And then kind of the combination of that and kind of letting, you know, the market, I guess, dictate a little bit about how you grow, but also then once you do feel something really passionate about and then putting, you know, putting yourself behind it and really, you know, pushing it and putting it out there and then kind of letting, letting it go and seeing what happens. And I think another piece of it too, that, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about is just just the relationship, like the authenticity in the in in our business and kind of growing those relationships internally and externally. And I think a lot of things have come our way just naturally in our networks by whether it be just customers that are coming in here, you know, on a daily basis and they, you know, some somehow come across a certain opportunity or, you know, a nearby business that is now building out a kitchen and they want us, you know, do have food in their office and so they are recommending that so it's it's just kind of continuously kind of if you're i feel like if you're kind of doing things in a very genuine way and also at being agile and seeing you know what people are interested in what people are liking like that is i guess to me breaking it down in the simplest forms like those are pretty simplistic things to do Mm -hmm. although they're not in practice necessarily simple because you know we're we're humans and a lot of things are challenging (laughs) So. Well, and when we really get down to the essence of a business, the the simple things are the ones that are often the hardest to do consistently and just, you know, right. maintain. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. I, I, not even just in business, just in life. Like, yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we ask everyone who's on the podcast where they put themselves in the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful person possible, where would you put yourself on that scale today and on average? Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, zero is what? Average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful person you can imagine. I think I'm a 12. Excellent. <laughs> two? All right. Now I think we know why the relationship works, a 12 and a two. <laughs> so so, so I, I, I was obviously joking about the 12, but I would I would... I would strongly disagree with my wife's assessment and this, this isn't to get brownie points, but I would, I would say much, much higher up uh, in the eight to 10 range. I would put you lies at, but. Thank you. I mean, when you say average, like I'm like, yeah, we're, we're average humans. Like you think about our day to day, like it's just the same as most everybody else that we see, you know, you know, we're dropping our kids off. Like every, you know, I just think we're one of, um, I don't want to say we're one of many because we're all unique. And I, you know, I do think that we like, again, I think we all have our power, but in relation to like others, it's hard to put yourself up against that. Well, and and also, or maybe I'll put everybody at a 10. (laughs) So I'll be a 10. (laughs) Go ahead. And, and in our world, right? Like in our circle, that we live in, you know, I, I think, I think you're extremely powerful, right. You know, but if you say, 
you know, like you said, we, we get up, we, we try and eat breakfast, get our kids to school. We go to work, we come home, we, you know, rinse and repeat. So that is pretty average, right? Like that's what people do. Um, so I don't know. But I do think, you know, part of what I, I admire about you guys is like, yes, like all of us are living a very similar day to day. And even if you go to the poorest parts of the world, they're doing the same things. So they're waking up, they're eating food. They're, you know, the schedule's the same. Like we do have this very cyclical approach no matter where we are in the world and economically as humans. But I think that it's a lot about the choices of intentionality that the two of you have made, right? There's these micro choices you've made about family dinners or like where you live or where you put your kids to school or how you spend your time. And just choosing what matters to you. Like, I think that you guys have done a really great job of prioritizing what matters to you guys individually and as a family. And you've deleted a lot of the other stuff. Like, there's a lot of things that were you're not listing off that you do or spend your time doing that I think is really interesting. You know, like, I don't think I saw a TV on the entire time I was staying in your house. Maybe an iPad, but like never TV, Right. You, there's lots of cooking, lots of food. <laughs> like there's you, um, I think that you guys have to give yourselves a little bit more credit for um, really creating an extraordinary life through the simple things um, that you've chosen. Well, that feels amazing. I feel like this is a great place for me to go on with the rest of my day. I'm feeling pretty good right now. So we should do this more often. This is, this is, this is nice. <laughs> amazing. So last two questions. One is, what do you guys need? And you don't need to know how to make it happen. But if you could wish for anything where you, small or big, this is a powerful community. So what do you need in t- right now in 2023? And then as you're answering that question, if you could tell everyone where they can find and follow you or your businesses, that would be great. (laughs) The first thing comes to mind, this is something, again, that I've also been thinking about a lot over the last probably four years is just community and strength of community. And I think that we all need it um, in the lives that we're living as, as with technology and with the pandemic and with all of the other influences we have in our life. It seems like people are kind of like, moving away from that like communal aspect of living. So mm-hmm. I would, I feel like I need more of that and would love to have more of that in my life. And I'm trying to, trying to do that. Um, and you can find, well, you can find my business is revival cafe and kitchen.com. And we're on ins- Instagram as revival cafe and kitchen. You, you, there's no use in following me personally. It's pretty pathetic. <laughs> I don't, I don't really post much. Um, so that's, yeah, I'm at Liza at RevivalCafeAndKitchen.com for email. So Perfect. All right, Josh, so you, what do you need for right now or 2023 or what would you love to have more of? Uh, well, I mean, time, <laughs> right? Can we, if, we, if we can make a 28-hour day, something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I, 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 think, um, I think what I need, it is time, but I just need to, I think, prioritize things a little bit mm-hmm. more strategically um yeah. to allow for time um yeah. and and also to uh to make time for certain mm-hmm. things that are easy not to do um you know that, that's that's kind of a big thing so that's not really something i can ask for from anybody else but something just mm-hmm. like internally that that i have to do i mean even 
something like this, right? Like mm-hmm. it's kind of embarrassing that it's taken 200 plus episodes for us to actually <laughs> make the time to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, just even dinner with friends or, I mean, stuff that we kind of lost over the pandemic, I think mm-hmm. um, it, it's become routine not to do them anymore. Right. So, so it's almost like getting back in the routine of doing those types of things. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's what I need and that's what I would like to do. And when you say those things, when you say those things, are you talking about like spending time with friends or traveling more or, you know, like investing in yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So spending time with friends and, um, even just uh, like Liza and I going out to dinner and Mm -hmm. stuff that because of the pandemic weren't options. So you, you just, you kind of get into the routine, even though we're, we're coming out on the other side of it or whatever that means. I don't know. Yeah. Living with it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but now there are options again, right? But we haven't done them in so long. I mean, we've started to again, but you get what I'm saying? Just yes. really being deliberate about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I think I, I think that's definitely what, what I need. Yeah. No, I, I, I yeah, it's, it's a, I think it's always a challenge. It's why I've made in the past couple of years, my commitment has always been I'm going to build out my calendar first, the trips I want, the, the, like I, I booked out already like a once a month recurring girls brunch at my house. It's on the calendar. Mm-hmm. I sent them a calendar invite. Cause that's how I live my life, right. <laughs> but yeah. like it's booked and like, I'm now booking my trips and like, I'm putting all that in before I figure out how much room there is for every, the business side at least, because sure it's a balance. I make my wish list and then we find compromises, but like the, I think the biggest thing I've gotten out of the past couple of years is I have to put what fills my soul in first. And Mm -hmm. that way I I at least know that I'm not making a job for myself that I'm going to resent and and I get to have more of that balance. So you don't want to feel like you're on a hamster wheel either. You know, that's the other thing. No, I mean, yes, you and I both built our own businesses that because working for someone else didn't make sense. Um, but we also didn't like want to just recreate, uh, being a slave to another job. Like, right. Especially for me, like freedom is so important. Uh, mm-hmm. like does this business work for me? And you'll appreciate this post that I have. If it's not what fun, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I keep putting that up and you know, I, I, that's why I have a coach also. Like I had talked to her yesterday and we were looking at my schedule. I'm like, Oh, it's been like I've been shot out of a cannon this year. It's crazy. Like the velocity of stuff is exciting and I'm not used to it because of how time has shifted the past couple of years. Right. Yeah. And she's like, well, is there anything on your calendar that you don't love? And I'm like, you know what? No, like I'm excited about like everything that's on it. She's like, okay, I don't have any more questions then keep going. (laughs) I was like, okay, good. I got, I got a pass to be a little like swirly right now because i think we judge ourselves so much about it but it feels good yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty cool that you looked at your calendar and you're like yeah i like everything on there yeah i mean that doesn't happen every week um right right but even like you know we all get spun out about like are are we hitting the monthly sales goal like is cash flow gonna work and i was already having that the first week of the year last week and then on Friday, I just had all these calls with these amazing clients and people who I adore getting to spend my time with, let alone having them pay me to talk about all the stuff that we do and the projects we work on. 
And I was like, this is a great day. I have great projects. I have great clients. Mm -hmm. It's all going to be fine. And it was just a refreshing mm -hmm. reset. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, good to have those realizations once in a while. Yeah. Well, and, and I think also balancing the like drive and the growth. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's that, something so that you and I share. So that's <laughs> challenging, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's what that's because, uh, yeah. So I, I come across that a lot is, you know, I get bored, right? Yeah. So then I push. And then when I push, I get really busy and maybe a little overwhelmed and, and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I get bored and that, you know, yeah. and, and that, that can happen a lot too. Um, I tend, well, it's also, you know, when opportunity is there, like you either take it or you don't. Right. So, um, I tend to try and always take it. So mm -hmm. it can come in clusters, right. And then it yeah. comes in clusters and it's like, oh my God, I don't even, I don't have time to blink. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, it's, it's the, you know, it's a double-edged sword being that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for everybody that wants to follow you, support you, your businesses, where can they, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Um, uh, well, I'm extraordinarily regionalized, right? Like, so, <laughs> yeah. and, and unless you own a restaurant or cafe or small market in the Boston area, I'm not sure Shirazi Distributing is going to do much for you, but <laughs> ShiraziDistributing.com, if you want to take a look, it's a pretty outdated website, which is on my to-do list. Um, but I would encourage people, um, Morrissey Market, um, because, um, if we're, if we're not near you now, hopefully we will be, that's the idea yeah. at some point in time. Um, and, uh, and, and there's, um, it's, 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 it's a really cool concept. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, there's a, a much stronger, um, marketing campaign behind it and social media and all that other stuff. So mm -hmm. morrisseymarket.com. Okay. Amazing. Well, again, thank you so much for being a yes to me, to my life, to this podcast. And yeah, just for being friends for a 20 something plus amount of time. Cause we have it's been a long um, time. had a lot of fun and caused a lot of trouble and we'll put it in um, public record that if anybody wants to take me down, they can just call you. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, Hey, vice versa, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a mutually assured destruction. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But I, I encourage everyone to use our friendship for, for, uh, for more power and goodness. And, um, yeah, just make, just, I want people to like hear your and Liza's story because it's like, just do it. Like it's right there. Like do it. If you think you want to start a business or a cafe or, who knows what, whatever floats your boat. People are doing it every day with two, you know, two entrepreneurial couples, two kids, a dog, the house, the family, like mm -hmm. it doesn't stop, but you can, mm -hmm. you can have as close to it all as possible if you choose it. Yeah, you, you can. Um, it's, it's a, it's a lifestyle though, right? I, mm -hmm. I think I, I, I don't want to jump down a rabbit hole, but I think that people want the end result yes sometimes and don't realize what it takes to get from point a to point b yeah. um and and once they get in that journey they're like forget it i'm out <laughs> you guys are crazy i'm not doing yeah. this <laughs> yeah 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 but i enjoy it like i like the journey yeah. right right you yeah. know that that's that's part of it that's definitely mm -hmm. part of it so 
Yeah. Amazing. Anyways. Thank you so much for being a yes. Um, I, again, admire what you guys are up to. I'm glad you finally found time for me. And I'm excited to get my butt back to Boston so we can hang out again. Us too. Evie asks so, you all the time. Yes. I was going to say, so <laughs> Anna, sorry yes. it's taking us so long to do this. It's, you know it is. It's like, you know, scheduling out an hour, hour and a half of your time. Oh. Like, it feels impossible, but you just got to... I think that the I think the key was to make us schedule it out like two months ahead of time, so we couldn't even yep. think about what's going to be happening. Because if I did nope. this last week, there no no chance that I. Have <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. It was it was great to see you. Hopefully, yes. see you in person next time. Yeah. Well, thank you. I will talk to you soon, and I will uh, let you know once Boston is scheduled. Please. All the links to connect with Josh and Liza and their businesses are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. If you aren't already, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. And for bonus points, please leave us a rating and review. It is so critical for us to get in front of more amazing listeners like you. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.